This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 8th of February. In your Squiz today, Australia's international border to reopen after two years. A murder trial of a policeman gets underway in the Northern Territory. A last-ditch attempt to avert war in Ukraine. And tracking the elusive echidna through its poo. This is your Squiz today. After two long years, Australia will open its international border to double vaccinated travellers from Monday the 21st of February. So just under a fortnight away, the border has been slowly but surely reopening since last November for Aussie citizens, permanent residents and their families. But Claire, this is the big step that sectors like tourism and business more broadly have been waiting for. Yeah, and of course our tourism operators and, as you say, uh, the business sector across the board has really suffered with that border being closed. Uh, It means that tourism and international student dollars haven't been coming our way. Also, there's been a shortage of workers and a loss of our future economic growth because there's been no immigration. So news that that border is opening was of great relief to the business sector. Uh, Officials say that the closed border has been a really crucial part of keeping Australians safe uh, since COVID reared its very, very ugly head uh, almost two years ago, uh, particularly when we weren't vaccinated. But things have changed. Uh, 92% of over 12-year-olds across Australia are now fully vaxxed. Uh, So the roadmap says it's time to open up. Yeah, that was a big one yesterday. And of course, today is the first sitting day back at Parliament for the year and it's an election year, so a lot going on in Canberra with all eyes on the government's religious discrimination bill, which some Liberal moderates are still cagey about. Yeah, what they say is that it goes too far uh, in enshrining religious beliefs that might breach existing discrimination laws. That is set to be introduced into the House today, so there will be quite a few fireworks on that one expected. Uh, Things are also hotting up on the Integrity Commission front. Um, The Coalition has been challenged to bring that one on. And then when you look at uh, things that were bumping around last year, the issue about the safety of staffers working in Parliament House, keeping them safe from bullying and abuse and sexual harassment, uh, there is going to be a a statement of acknowledgement uh, in the Parliament and the Senate today and also this week introducing legislative changes that have been recommended by the Sex Discrimination Commissioner Kate Jenkins. And tomorrow former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins who claims she was raped by a colleague inside Parliament House. She'll be alongside Aussie of the Year Grace Tame for an address at the National Press Club, one to watch this week. The much-anticipated murder trial of policeman Zachary Rolfe got underway in the Northern Territory yesterday. He's accused of killing Indigenous teenager Kumanjai Walker in the remote community of Uendamu in November. Take us through it, Claire. So the policeman is accused of shooting and killing uh, Walker when there was an incident that police had been called to. There was an arrest warrant out for him and they were looking to bring him into custody. Rolf was stabbed by Walker with a pair of scissors and then he says acted in self-defence by shooting him. Uh, It's something that has been a really distressing incident for that community. Uh, Representatives of that community say that they have been hurting quite a bit 
bid. So they have been looking forward to this going to trial. Uh, that will take at least three to four weeks because there's lots of COVID measures in the Northern Territory. The trial will only be able to go on for about four hours each day and the jurors will be separated to ensure that if there's any infections that they stay safe. The jury was selected yesterday and they were shown the body camera footage of the shooting. Expect to hear a lot about this over the coming weeks. To the crisis in Ukraine now, where French President Emmanuel Macron is in Russia to meet Vladimir Putin to try to find a diplomatic deal to avoid war in Eastern Europe, Claire. Yeah, Macron wants European nations to do a bit more uh, to try and resolve that situation. Macron has said that they shouldn't be relying on the United States to really sort out those sorts of issues. So that trip to Russia to meet with Putin, he says, is an important step. European Union representatives are also looking uh, to have more engagement with Russia over it. What Macron says is that there should be a way to be able to ensure that Ukraine has its sovereignty and is able to live in peace while also respecting Russia. So the Europeans there being a bit more conciliatory than the White House, which is taking a more pessimistic view of the ongoing situation. A spokesman saying that Russia has assembled about 70% of the necessary military capability for a full-blown attack. will be keeping a close eye on Ukraine over the coming days. To the case of Chinese tennis player Peng Shui now, she disappeared from public life after making sexual assault allegations on social media against a senior member of the Chinese Communist Party. Claire, she met international Olympics boss Thomas Bach over the weekend at the Winter Games in Beijing. Yeah, and what the International Olympic Committee said after that meeting is that um, she shared her intention to travel to Europe um, to go and visit that headquarters when COVID-19 is over. Uh, They didn't disclose any more details of that meeting, though, saying that they would leave it to Peng uh, to say more if she wanted to. Uh, There was a lot of confusion yesterday, too, because there was an interview published that she had given to French media outlet L'Equipe. She said in that interview that she never said anyone sexually assaulted her. Uh, Lots of concern still, though, of course, uh, from those advocates of hers uh, from the international tennis scene and from world athletics more broadly about exactly what is happening there. Yeah, and the French newspaper had to submit those questions in advance to be vetted. And in one of them, she was asked about her life since November when she made those explosive claims. And she replied, as it should be, nothing special. Claire, the echidna is a pretty special, spiky little animal, essential for the environment because it mixes and moves the soil around as it forages around for food. But Claire, they've been notoriously elusive creatures in the past, but that was until researchers started tracking their poo. I felt really special that I've actually seen an echidna train. If you've seen one of those, they're pretty cool. And I thought they were, like I think most of us, that echidnas were really elusive, that you don't get to see them very often. But what has happened is that there is an app now. It's from the Echidna Conservation Science Initiative. uh, And you're encouraged to record a sighting, but also if you see their poo. uh, And what they have found, the people behind it is that 
echidnas are in every state and territory and they're really close to the major cities, which is kind of exciting. But still, they're clearly very good at staying hidden. And those findings have led to calls for cities to start taking the echidna into consideration when developing biodiversity policies, also looking at the impact of cars. And perhaps, Claire, it's also taught us to hold our judgment if we see someone taking a random poo pic. It's all in the name of science. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would normally cast judgment on that, but maybe just relax a bit. I think I might too. Now, squeeze the day, Claire. I'll be watching the return of Question Time today. What's on your radar? Oh, yeah. Isn't that going to be a big one today? It'll be fiery. <laughs> um, today is Safer Internet Day and the eSafety Commissioner, Julie Inman-Grant, she's launching uh, a family tech agreement. It's for five to eight-year-olds and the idea is that kids and their parents uh, and teachers sit down and have a chat about the safest way to surf the internet. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool and something I'd be really interested in. I'm sure it'll get a mention on Squiz Kids today. And of course, if you want a safe way for your kids to consume news, check out the Squiz Kids podcast. It's a great way for 8 to 12-year-olds to get some news and start conversations about the world around them. Check it out on your podcasting app and have a great Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow.